Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular religious hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. Today, I am joined by my producer, Todd. Hey, Todd, welcome. Hi, Amber. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. Well, this is our year-end episode. Yep, it's exciting. It's crazy that it's already the end of the year. Well, it's been quite a busy year, too. This is our uh, first year-end episode that we've done, yeah. kind of talking about the things that happened this year, and it was a pretty eventful year, I think. Oh, 100%. I think this is like the first birthday of the podcast. <laughs> so I think so. <laughs> I have some podcast stats we're going to oh. start off with here. Okay. Because you probably don't know a lot of this stuff that nope. I'm about to tell you. This is all the technical, the producer in guys. This is what it goes all this... way over my head. <laughs> so we did 30 episodes, which mm-hmm. I think is great for the year. Um, so that is 1,181 minutes of programming. We got 12,000 plus total plays. Wow. And of all those plays, we have 169,167 minutes of programming was listened to by the fans. Wow. We also had listeners from 75 countries with 66% of your audience coming from the U.S. Oh, so pretty impressive, really. That's so awesome. I was, I didn't realize until I tallied the stats up at the end that, that so many of your listeners were from other countries. I thought we pretty much had like a primarily U.S. podcast, but you have a world reach, which is impressive. Does it say specifically what are the most common countries? It does. It does. I don't have that whole list because there's a ton of countries, 75 countries are listed. And some of them are like wow. less than a percent of listeners, you know, but, uh, but some of them are high. In fact, I think, I think that uh, maybe the top three, I believe us was the most listened to country. I think uh, Canada was second. And I think Germany was third. You had a significant amount of German followers. You guys. Oh, well, thank you so much, you guys, for listening to the podcast and sticking with us. All those German you... Catholics are tuning in. Right? Yeah. Hey, guys. Germany. Wow. I've always wanted to go to Germany. I've heard like it's kind of like Poland where they only serve you bubbly water when you go to like restaurants and stuff. I'm not completely sure if that's true, but that sounds really bougie. And I kind of want to go there. 
So if there's so. any German listeners listening right now, which there should be, uh, <laughs> we're willing to entertain uh, you hosting uh, Amber for a special <laughs> live event in Berlin somewhere. So. <laughs> Just so I can figure out if you guys serve bubbly water at specific events. <laughs> it's the only reason. But we <laughs> Just are give very, me bubbly water. We're very grateful. I know, I know me from the producer end. I'm always happy to see uh, podcasts do well. And this one has exceeded my expectations. And I think probably yours too. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing the people that I've been able to reach through this. I get people who email me from this podcast who tell me... Um, how it's impact their lives and how they've been able to come back to the faith and things like that, how much they relate to it. And so it's just so amazing to be able to connect with people literally from all over the world. So thank you everyone who listens. I really do appreciate it. It's great because this would not happen without you. So. For sure. Absolutely. I, I think it, it was weird when I approached you originally, you were already doing your TikTok videos and your YouTube, you already had all this stuff going. And I think you thought I was crazy, like yeah. audio only. What? <laughs> Why would, yeah. you, why would I want to do audio only? <laughs> I think it took you a good six months of like actually DMing me for me to actually like be like, okay, fine. I guess we can try it. <laughs> yeah. yeah because so my, stubborn. my thinking on it is there's just a lot of people that want to listen to audio, maybe while they're on a treadmill or walking in a park, you know, something they don't want to be distracted. A lot of people driving to and from work, listen to podcasts. Literally but, me today, listening to true crime. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, I think people, there's a, a, there's a, there's a place for audio only. And I think we could have, you know, stripped the audio away from your videos, but this is kind of a different format. It's a different way of delivering. I think sometimes hearing voice only is very powerful. Yeah. And it's cleaner and you can discuss a lot more topics because you don't have to visually be there. You can be in sweatpants and a messy bun and they're just like, they think you're casually cool. You know, they picture who they think they're talking to or who's talking on the podcast. But in reality, we could be like complete bums in like our sweatpants and nobody would know. So yeah. Not us though. I'm in a tuxedo right now. You're in a beautiful uh -huh. ball gown. Oh. Unfortunately, we're not on video. So none of you can, can see this. Oh, the travesty that you guys can't see our <laughs> elegant, extravagant outfits right now. <laughs> well, uh, but but uh, we are definitely grateful to have you listening. Keep listening. A lot of uh, a big stuff planned for next year already. We're already working on uh, on episodes for the next year. So it'll be so exciting. excited for those. So let's talk about your year, Amber. Let's talk about uh, kind of personally what went on in your life Ooh. this year. What was what were the big events? Yeah, well, this year was interesting because I still feel like I'm in 2020 a little bit. Um, so my brain's kind of catching up slowly. But I guess the main thing is, is that you guys know I took a pretty long break from social media. Um, I needed to kind of just reassess and reset my life because I felt like at that point, um, I think that was what in, when did I take that break? Late summer. Yeah. Into the fall. Yeah, I think I came back in like October. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I took about a three month break vacation. And the main reason for that was because I was just letting social media take over my life, my mental health, et cetera. And it really wasn't very good. Um, I was spending way more time on social media than I was with God. I felt like a complete hypocrite because I was struggling so much in my faith. And yet I was making YouTube videos and other videos about how you guys should be stronger in your faith. And I talked to my priest and technically, no, I'm not a hypocrite, blah, blah, blah. But I still felt like one. Okay. <laughs> so I decided the best thing for me was to take a break. I was burning myself out. Todd can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. 
there might have been a moment or two where you wanted to quit. <laughs> yeah, maybe just like 3 a.m. me texting you being like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I definitely had some breakdown moments where I felt like I wasn't good enough to be doing this podcast. And I felt like social media was just taking over my life and I wasn't actually being myself anymore. I wasn't able to live out my faith the way I wanted to because I was allowing social media to take it over. Um, so I ended up taking that break. And through that break, I started going to daily adoration. Um, I wasn't able to go to daily mass all that often because the, the, we only have one priest at my parish. And so it's really hard uh, to get multiple times for mass day. So we usually only have one mass a day unless it's Sunday. Um, but I tried to go more often, of course. And then I started traveling a little bit too. I started visiting different churches, which was really, really cool to see. Some were more traditional, like a uh, traditional Latin mass, and then others were more Novus Ordo. Um, but all the parishes were super great. And all the people I met were super, super sweet. And super, they, just, they were very, um, the community itself was very welcoming in all of the churches. It's, I don't know, whenever I talk to other people about their experiences going to different churches, they always say, oh, there was weird this and there was weird that and people didn't look at us right. And I don't know, I never really experienced that. And maybe I'm just not looking for it because I guess some people could be looking for those things. Um, but every place that I've gone so far, whether it's more traditional or more modern is always been very welcoming and nice. Um, and then, so I traveled quite a bit too. I got my faith life back in order, which was very important. Um, I started talking to my priest a lot more about my scrupulosity, which has been a bit more manageable now that I was able to take that social media break. Um, for those who do struggle with scrupulosity, you guys know that it can be quite the struggle at times um, because even though I know what is sin and what is not sin, Sometimes my brain and the devil likes to play tricks on me and be like, oh, this is actually a mortal sin or you meant to do this. But I'm like, no, I didn't mean to do that. So that doesn't make it a mortal sin. So it can be really compl complicated. And so I've been working um, since then to work out my scrupulosity issues, my anxiety and depression issues. And uh, during this time of the year, I actually get a lot of uh, seasonal depression. So it's kind of just been a wild ride. <laughs> Do you uh, spend time in nature? I do because I live right by the forest preserve. It's about a five minute walk from my house, which is nice. Yeah. Well, the nature is important. It is. The color green I've heard is very important. And just being outside during a golden hour, because that's when like the vitamin D is the richest when the sun. Yeah. I don't know. Science. Yeah. <laughs> science. That's science stuff. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> totally didn't learn that from my, uh, my friend, Evelyn. <laughs> It was a big news year this year too. A lot of, yeah. a lot of crazy stuff. I think uh, politically, environmentally, the entertainment world, there were a million things that were going on this year. It seems like this was like the busiest year ever. And of course we had to start the year off with basically a, a coup happening at the Capitol. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what a way to start the year, right? Yeah. I honestly but, uh, forgot that that happened. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Well, it's funny because the news stories escalated so much. Like you see that happen in literally the beginning of January and you're like, wow, this is like the biggest news story in a decade. Like this mm -hmm. is huge that people are doing this at the Capitol, right? Right. But in February, the news stories would be worse <laughs> and, yep. it, and it just continues on. In fact, as we're recording this um, here at the tail end of November, we're recording our year end at the tail end of November, but you know, close enough, right? Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> you know, we're hearing about a new COVID strain now. The Omicron strain is coming out of South Africa. And it's, Isn't that the name of a superhero? Uh, probably. And it's from a movie where but, like but that's the what virus they takes over the world. That's not what they named it after, but you know, oh. okay. <laughs> irony, I suppose. <laughs> but now, you know, airports are, you know, countries are shutting down and this thing is more contagious than anything we've had yet. Wow. So if any of us are left alive in January to listen to this episode... <laughs> <laughs> the apocalypse just happens. You guys are this will be to this scheduled to come radio. out whether humans are on the planet or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but you know, it's crazy because obviously we saw the end of the Donald Trump era and the beginning of the Biden era. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to get too political here today, but lesser of two evils. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you can, you can pick which one, you know, is the bigger idiot that you voted for. So those that are listening out there can, can uh, sort through that mess but you know then we saw so this is what i think is really interesting and what i wanted to get into with you so we saw the coup happen right so Mm -hmm. we have trump supporters that were you know behind that potentially uh this jury is still out probably on exactly who was responsible for that or who was involved in it you know 12 people will be tried and convicted and thrown in jail for it but there were definitely more than 12 people from all walks of life exactly but then we had facebook and twitter ban donald trump right yeah. So that was, I mean, the, it's, it was bad, but I laughed a little bit. I, I'm definitely well, like, okay with Trump, but well, like, <laughs> yeah, well, see, I want to talk about this because, you know, you were big on social media, right? Mm-hmm. So then we saw, and just to continue on just a bit more, I want to talk about this, but uh, then we saw the social media site parlor essentially get put out of business. It is still around barely. I don't know if anybody even uses it now, but, but, uh, you know, kicked off, um, kicked off of apple like kicked out of like you couldn't download it anywhere you couldn't Mm -hmm. get it anymore and it was becoming a really popular thing so i'm curious do you feel this was an attack on conservatives oh 100 and then you know and a lot of times you consider the religious to be conservative right so was this an attack on us in a way yeah I believe so. I always like to say like we're Catholic before we're anything else, but it is true that a lot of Catholics and Christians in general do tend to lean more conservative conservatively because it aligns more with our values, which is being pro-life and uh, a bunch of other things. So the issue with it is that conservatives don't have as much power as the left does. And so we're constantly kind of getting beat around. Um, in the sense of like social media apps. I mean, the left controls a lot of those social media apps like Facebook and Twitter. Um, my mom's been banned like five times on Twitter. <laughs> <From Twitter>. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor mom. Um, and so there's like this whole issue. I do believe it's an attack on conservatism because social media is a way that we can be expressive and we can share our views and uh, really practice our freedom of speech. But if social media suddenly decides, oh, you can't practice freedom of speech, there's nothing we can really do except get canceled. Like, I mean, is there anything we can do? Here's the interesting thing about it that I don't think people realize, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a freedom of speech in our Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. okay? But the rub is when we're on Facebook or we're on Instagram, we're actually participating in a private company's services, right? So it's like walking into a JCPenney's or Kmart oh. 
or any kind of store and saying whatever anymore? we're huh are those even around anymore? Some of them are. I don't oh, know if Kmart's yeah. around anymore. Just throwing out a, a whatever, you, whatever example you are. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Walk into a McDonald's, right? And say whatever you want. So I think people think, you know, they can walk into a McDonald's or any shop they want and essentially say or do whatever they want, but you, you can't because you're really in a private environment. And that's what Facebook is. That's what Twitter is, right? You are going into someone's private business and they can set the rules with what you say. So your freedom of speech really essentially doesn't exist when you go into that private business, right? Now, if Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these companies were utilities, you could say whatever you wanna say, but that's the difference is that they're not utilities. They're essentially organizations that are owned by a private person or a board of like a stockholder, shareholders have it. And because of that, there's rules. And that's how they have the power to actually ban people, keep people from joining it, police the content, own content in a way. So um, that's, that's what I think crazy. people don't get is they, they think, oh, I can go and say and do whatever I want. And I can. Uh, that's not really the case. Whoa. So they, that's, mm. okay, that kind of makes a little more sense now, but I'm still, I'm still upset about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's weird because I've gotten a lot of hostility about this when I said I actually thought watching the Capitol, you know, riots essentially was, I thought that seemed like freedom to me, because if you're going to go protest anywhere, do it on, do it on property like that. Like you don't go burn down subdivisions and downtown, like go to where your, you know, the courthouse is, go to where the Capitol is, go to where politics happen and demonstrate there right and i and i to, for so for to, you know for me i thought the capital riots weren't a terrible terrible thing to see i thought it was a good expression of freedom i love that you heard it guys todd told us we can go to the courthouse and riot <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding no i mean it's true though i mean you think about it and and that's that's how they used to do it back in the day you know mm -hmm. like yeah now there's just security and military. Go to and public stuff. land and demonstrate. Like that's what go to where, you know, parks are, go to where monuments are, go to, and make your, you know, make, make your, your mark, people. Make your mark there. But, but that's what I think people don't get when they say, oh, I should be able to say whatever I want on Twitter. Why should I get banned? Well, this is the reason why, because someone owns that company and they don't want you saying that in their store, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and so there's not really, unless you have, a website where you can post whatever you want on your website like there's really no secure way like as much as the the internet's like the wild west it's it's there's still a lot you can't do like even your website like you put up your website and start saying and doing whatever you want GoDaddy could still take it down because you're hosting it on someone else's platform right so to actually go through and own your own server and have your own hard lines and like to be able to really express your beliefs the way you want to would be very costly and you know difficult to do like even search engines can remove you from that so people won't find your website because of that like i think they did that with live action like the, google removed live action or something yeah it's amazing how much they can go through and prune out whatever they want to because ridiculous. all these companies are owned by people and they can police it however they want the gray area for me with like uh 
with like the uh, like the bill of rights is like stuff like handguns and why you can't take a handgun in a starbucks like mm-hmm. it's a like it's really kind of the same thing so it was also a big year for pro-life yes a lot of stuff happening all, all around the country oh yeah so oh, we yeah. have savannah dudzik back with us guest we had here earlier in the year we love savannah so let's talk to savannah about how she feels the year went for the pro-life movement here okay. she is Thank you guys for having me back. Oh, welcome, Savannah. I'm so glad you decided to do this with us. It's been a crazy year. Absolutely. Amber has some stats for this year, and we wanted to kind of chat with you a little bit about if you felt this was a, a year of, a, I guess, positive growth in, the, in, this, in this world of pro-life movement, right? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. All right. So the stats, um, as of early June 2021, 561 abortion restrictions have been introduced this year in all but three states. And as of early August, states have enacted 97 of those introduced abortion restrictive statuses into law, bringing the total number of state abortion restrictions enacted since Roe versus Wade to 1,327. First of all, that's crazy. I mean, if you just listen to to you know what amber just said about all the abortion restrictions that have been enacted that that in itself is a win you know whenever we save one life that's a win i think it's important though as you said this is this is a monumental year in the pro-life movement you know i don't know how many times i've heard this year that we're never gonna have a year this significant ever again you know and the reason for that is because in um, in spring of this year, the Supreme Court of the United States decided to take up a case called Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Center. And this case has the potential to overturn Roe v. Wade. So the fact that they even took up the case, um, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for us. You know, um, I work for Illinois Right to Life. I'm the communications assistant there. And when this happened, our program director actually burst into tears because he he was like I've been wait I've been waiting for this for so long you know everyone had been waiting for this moment for so long in the spring so we jumped right on it um wrote amicus briefs I did not write an amicus brief because I'm not qualified for that but Illinois Right to Life did um and basically ever since spring um there there's been so much going on and this is going to come to a head on December 1st when the Supreme Court will hear the arguments for the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Center. So this is the big, the big case of the year, the big thing that's going to happen that will potentially overturn Roe v. Wade. Along with that is what everybody has been talking about, which is the Texas heartbeat law, um, which basically um, bans abortion at when you can hear the heartbeat in Texas. And just recently, actually, just uh, um just in the past month, you know, we've been, we've been waiting to see if the Supreme Court is going to do anything to stop it. And the Supreme Court has not done anything to stop this yet. So that is, that is a good sign. I am not a legal expert or anything, but the legal experts I talked to basically say that's a good sign for Texas. That's a good sign to overturn Roe. There are so many good signs going on. Um, along with Texas, there have been other states who have introduced a heartbeat bill. It hasn't been passed yet. Florida is one of them. So that's really good. Overall, it's been a great year for the pro-life movement. 
Um, but I think it's very important. You know, some people can hear all this and be like, oh, wow, the, the battle's over. You know, we're going to overturn Roe. Everything's going to be great in America. Well, unfortunately, that is not the case at all. If anything, we are going to have to do so much more. So when Roe is overturned, you know, some states, it, it will leave it up to the states, most likely. There's, there's different ways this could go, but mo the most likely way, as I understand it, is it will leave it up to the states to decide um, if abortion is legal or not. Now, the states that ban abortions, we, we have to think about the fact that this is kind of our time in the pro-life movement to shine. This is our time to show that we are there to help women. You know, this is the time to show that our pregnancy resource centers are adequate to help women. We need to be supporting these pregnancy resource centers. We need to support these pro-life groups. And we need to remember that once Roe v. Wade is overturned, the battle has just begun. You know, it's a huge win. And we obviously, if, if this happens, you know, we have to be extremely excited. We have to do everything we can to um, show people that this is such a good thing. But more than ever, we need to help women. They're going to need our help more than ever. You know, they're going to have nowhere else to turn. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the what happened in Texas was such a big news story that you couldn't not hear about the pro-life movement this year. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, I think you, you know, Kentucky was pushing some things through this year, Utah, California, like, but there many times they're, they're not a main news story. Like, in fact, you seldom hear about small little bits of legislation attached to other things from state to state, but Texas was such a big news story that it really put pro-life on the map in a big way this year. Oh, definitely. You know, and, um, I think that one thing that really made it really real for me is, so along with being a communications assistant at Illinois Right to Life, I'm also a crisis pregnancy counselor at Let Them Live. And there was one point in our counselor group chat when we were all talking about these moms that we had from Texas and we just kind of weren't putting it together in our mind. But there are so many women who were coming to us. We're, we're, us as pregnancy counselors, we're all across the United States. There, are, there, were, there was a time when, when I think at least each of us had at least one mom from Texas, you know? And it just goes to show that banning abortion um, actually does work, you know? These moms actually decide, okay, I'm going to reach out for help now, you know? Or, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else for help because sometimes they go to Planned Parenthood because that's all that they know. Right. So I think that, that that was very eye-opening and encouraging to me because it showed me wow, abortion bans actually do work. You know, abortion ban, that's, it, it sounds like kind of a morbid term, kind of a restraining term, but actually what it does is it gives Planned Parenthood less power and it gives pregnancy resource centers and places that are going to help women even more power and even more, you know, accessibility because that's where women are going to go now, you know? For sure, for sure. Well, we wanted to have you back on the show because with our end of the year episode, we, uh, we definitely, you know, there's, you never know politically, environmentally, where things, where you're at in the world, but at least mm -hmm. we see a glimmer of hope in the pro-life movement this year to kind of cap the year. And I, th and I think it's a great yeah. thing. 100%. And I would, I would go even farther than that and say, it's not, you know, it's not just a glimmer this year. You know, I think every year there's, every year there's good things that happen and there's bad things that happen this year the good massively outweighs the bad. I just saw a post the other day, you know, from, from some supposedly women advocate in Texas saying how much of a 
crisis they're in because they can't give women abortions. It's like, oh my gosh, this is just showing, this is one state that this is happening in and it's reverberating across the country. Imagine what's going to happen when Roe's overturned. For sure. Yeah, it's amazing what one state can do and how much power one state actually has. And I agree, it wasn't just a glimmer. It was probably more like um, a glitter bomb um, <laughs> is the term I would use for it. <laughs> but no, yeah, that that's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Savannah, for coming on here and sharing that tidbit with us. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. We'll of see course. you soon. Always happy to have Savannah back. Oh, yes. We love Savannah. And hopefully you guys will be able to hear the podcast we have coming out in a couple of weeks with her. Yeah. She's, I think, the next one up in two weeks. Really? Oh, so excited. So, yeah. Big year for pro-life, but also a big year for COVID. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so uh, I have some stats here. The total number of global COVID-19 cases surpassed 260 million as of the recording of this podcast with over 5 million people dying from COVID. So we've been living through this for, you know, close to two years now, right? Yeah. Is it becoming a secondary news story? Do we care less than we cared in, you know, 20, 2020, like six months ago? What do you think? Yeah, I think there is quite a bit of just like, all right, this again, like that again. And I think a lot of people are understanding the political push behind it as well now. Um, and now it's becoming like, okay, well, we did the whole like stop the curve and stuff. And obviously that's not working and this and that. Um, so in a way, yeah, it's becoming like secondary. It's like, okay, well, nobody really cares anymore. A lot of places are opening up and getting rid of their, you know, complete COVID restrictions, like they're getting rid of them completely. Um, what was it? Was it the mayor of Arkansas that just got rid of all the restrictions or was it some other place? I forget. I'm um, not sure about Arkansas, but there's a lot of places that that's happening. Yeah. And like places like Wisconsin, even here in Illinois, like there's a lot of places that are getting rid of their COVID restrictions, um, which is great because people are getting back together and living their life again and getting back into the workforce. Um, but yeah, I believe a lot of people are kind of just over it and they're like, well, either we already got it and most people already have gotten it, um, and are already immune to it like me, or, um, they're, they're vaccinated and like, I'm obviously not going to get the vax, but I'm not going to judge anyone who does because obviously that's not my place. It's your own body. Like you decide that. So I'm not going to come at you for getting it. So don't come at me for not getting it. <laughs> I got vaccinated. So here yeah. we are two opposites again. <laughs> We're besties. Come on, let's go. We're besties. I mean, just because I grew a third eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that one's kind of freaking me out. I don't <laughs> think that that's a side effect. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just need Jesus. <laughs> You know, okay. if I, if I become a Democrat or something, then you'll know they put something in the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Um, well, you uh. know, that's, it's funny that you, you mentioned um, the vaccines because that was my next thing. This was the big year for the vaccine rollout, right? Yeah. Which was quite controversial mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because we saw businesses 
wanting to force the vaccination on people. Hey, don't come to work unless you're vaccinated or, you know, we'll fire you if you don't get vaccinated. We saw that in a lot of places. Um, a lot of places was, got sued for that too. Yeah. And this will still be something that they'll still be sorting out years from now. This will yeah. still be in court of law years from now. And um, it's uh, it's been quite interesting to see how it is. And And it seems like every time people get vaccinated, there's a new strain of this, like we talked about earlier, the Omicron, mm-hmm. you know, you have antibodies now, you think you're immune to it until Omicron comes into Chicago and then Surprise. you're going to get it again. So either this uh, whittles down to being the flu or this continues to get worse and wants to, you know, get us off the planet. I mean, that's the thing though. It has strains of like the swine flu and a couple others. Um, but it's like I've so far tested like positive for like all the antibodies so I'm good and if I do get the new strain well it's probably going to be like a little cold because that's how natural immunity works at Mm -hmm. first it's going to be really bad but then every single time you get a new strain it's going to be less bad for those who do have immune problems obviously they have to take you know precautions and do what's best for them I don't have any immune issues so I'm not going to take the precautions needed because if I do get it, then it's just going to make my immune system stronger. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of people who are at risk who I'm like, okay, yeah, either if you want to get the vaccine, go ahead. I don't think it's safe. But if you think it's safe and you've done your own educated you know, research, if there is even any out there because it's only been around for a couple months, um, then fine. But um, I'm not going to take that risk because I'm already immune. So it's actually more dangerous for you to get the vaccine if you're immune than if not. I was kind of backed into a corner to get it really because New York became so strict Yeah. in where you could go or what you could do. Like you can't, like even to this day, you still have to have your passport or your vaccine card to even get served in a restaurant. Exactly. Very strict about that. It's, un- so, it's, it's really sad that they took it that far for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, you know, uh, Manhattan Island is a Petri dish of people literally living on top of each other. (laughs) You can't have, there's probably no other place in the country that's that condensed of people packed into, to one spot. So, you know, I can't help but wonder, do you think the planet's overpopulated? You think that's half our, half our issue these days? (laughs) <laughs> no but i do like to watch the office and i do love that episode of dwight dwight Schrute, where he says there's too many people here we need a new plague um mm-hmm. love that but also don't love that because now we're in a new plague uh, <laughs> but no i honestly the world is actually very underpopulated um and, and that's mainly because of like in china right now they've upped the child law to three because they've realized that their civilization is basically you know breeding out and so to speak, they're going to go extinct because they don't have enough people to uh, replace the ones that are dying. Same thing is kind of happening in the U.S. where like there's this new fad, I want to say, where parents are only having one or two kids to reduce the carbon footprint and save the planet, um, which is total BS. <laughs> if anything, the kids are going to help save the planet. So there's actually been a huge reduction of humans um than there has been probably in a very long time and I was hoping there was going to be a baby boom after COVID but there wasn't and I'm kind of depressed about that still it's been a Mm. year wow interesting what about civilians in space that was a big thing this year before this I don't know anything 
except space scares me because it's a dark vacuum of lifeless coldness and people die out there because of aliens they (laughs) (laughs) which was another news story (laughs) that the pope said he's actually willing to baptize any aliens that may visit us Aww. (laughs) i mean that's great i guess i mean sure if they i don't I mean, it's interesting to think about, though, because it's like technically aliens aren't in the Bible, but if they were to actually exist, because I mean, there's been so many like sightings and blah, blah, blah of them, then it's like, do they have souls? And if they do, are they eternal souls? And if they are eternal souls, did God create them? Or are they all are they all demons? Because like, we know that demons can take different forms, but it's just it's just a rabbit hole of like mind boggling things. There's a um, there's an interesting book called Angels and Aliens. Oh. which makes the leap that they're the same thing. Interesting. And, uh, and it, it, it really talks about the rareness of sightings of aliens anyways, and the rareness of sightings of angels. Hmm. And, uh, and it draws the comparison that maybe people are seeing the same thing. Interesting. So. Yeah, I don't think angels are going to probe people, though. <laughs> <laughs> well. No one's really sure if those things really happen anyways, but yeah. True, true. But it's always interesting, you know, the the Vatican has, you know, kind of their own uh, secret police in a way. They go around and they investigate, um, you know, bleeding Mary statues and, you know, Jesus and toast. Like they, if there's something that happens that they want to quantify as being real or not, they send their people out, their own little X-Files group, go out around the world and they, they investigate sightings of things to figure out what it might be little and, scully and molder <laughs> and that the fact that there's even the discussion around ufos or aliens at the vatican is very interesting to me because there's probably more to that that we're not hearing right now. right in the so, vatican archives somewhere in the vatican archives right there's volumes of material probably on that <laughs> maybe the vatican rated fit area 51 in 2017 or 2016 this is something new from the vatican this is november 4th Pope Francis has for the first time named a woman to the number two position in the governorship of Vatican City, making her the highest ranking woman in the world's smallest state. The appointment on Thursday of Sister Raffaella Petrini, a 52-year-old Italian nun, is the latest in which the 84-year-old Pope has placed a woman in a leadership role. Petrini's new position of Secretary General of the Uh, governor of the state of Vatican City is comparable to being deputy governor of a state or deputy mayor of a city. Interesting, because I remember that coming out. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I thought, I was curious your opinion on that, that the. I uh, don't really know if I have one per se, like, I remember it caused a lot of discord on Twitter. Like there was like people for it, people against it. And I was just like, I don't really see a problem with it. I don't even know this lady, but I haven't heard anything about her since. Um, so is she just, like, well, you know, I think just like you don't hear about the vice mayor. <laughs> ah, that's a good point. My Can you even name point. the vice mayor of the town you live in? Probably, you know, I don't think we have one. <laughs> the number two, who's the number two in Chicago, you know? Lightfoot? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You don't hear about a lot of the number twos, you know? No. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But that's still pretty cool. Um, I think it's kind of like one of the Vatican's way of trying to get 
females more involved because I feel like they're constantly being hit with the whole it's males only because you guys have male only guards and there's only bishops that are you know and I'm not the biggest fan of this potentially being pushed towards like putting women higher up in the 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 authority line of like being priests and this and that but I think it's I think it's okay I mean why don't you think there should be female priests because God appointed men to be priests, the f- disciples. And so the discipleship comes from the head, which is Peter. He's the rock. And then it's filtered down over the years to the priests we have today. It's always been male priests. And that's not to say that women can't be good leaders. They can be, but they're also not as, mm, what's the right word for it? I don't want to offend any women, even though I am a woman. But, you know, (laughs) I feel like I offend a lot of women (laughs) with my views. Um, You, you, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Well, you spent some time uh, with nuns this year. That was one Mm -hmm. of the things that you did. Tell, tell me about that. Where do you, you know, you, you're kind of staunch and men should be priests, but are we seeing fewer women become nuns now? Like, where are we going to lose that? And I'm not even sure. And maybe you can answer this for me. Can women be deacons? So no, women cannot be deacons. Um, when it comes to vocations in general, it's suffering greatly. Um, the main reason that, and people can argue with me on this, but there's been statistics and I've already heard from multiple priests that this is the case, where um, there has been less people discerning priesthood because of female altar servers. And then... Um, when it comes to discerning, like being a nun or a sister, um, there were a lot of people when I went on my retreat, like there were a lot of girls. Um, I think we had at least 12 of us, I think 10, 10 or 12 of us. Um, so there were a lot of us, but most of us decided it wasn't for us. And that's the thing. It's like discernment is a really important thing to be, uh, focusing on, um, depending on where you go, where it it's marriage, single life, vocation, um, as in like religious or consecrated, you know, singles life. Um, and so it's a big decision, but not everyone is called to be religious. Um, and so when I was talking with the sister that was running this group, she said that if you feel like this is too much for you to handle, if this is like insane and you have no idea how on earth you're ever going to be able to fulfill this vocation, this is probably not your vocation. Because if you see this as the hard vocation, this probably isn't your vocation. Because to Sister Sherwell, um, she said that marriage was the hard vocation for her. Like she could never understand how people were so strong in marriage and could do it. She understood through like Christ and the church, but it seems so difficult to her. But sisterhood seems so easy. Um, and so that's kind of how a bunch of us kind of found out. Some of us stayed later, you know, to kind of discern, but I already kind of knew it wasn't my thing. Yeah. So it was the early hours, right? Mm, You couldn't mm. do. (laughs) We know, we know we're talking about 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Prayers. We were, we were sleeping in the pews and plus I'm an introvert. I didn't have much time to like decompress. It was always like, I was either with someone talking to someone. We were always elbow to elbow. Like you never had just a second to yourself, not even like an adoration. You were always sitting next to somebody. Wow. Wow. Introvert me suffered. Did, did, um, did the nuns have any tech? Did they have any iPads and access to the internet or was that all gone? 
Um, so they definitely have phones and well, some of them have cell phones, um, but it's mainly for um, to get in contact with people and uh, to, to let each other know where they're at. They have um, they have a website and stuff to upload photos. So a lot of them take photography um, classes and things like that. Actually, uh, the sister, she's going to the same college I'm going to for uh, photography. So she's actually uh, taking a bachelor's degree in photography. Wow. And then, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, they have quite a bit. They have like a cappuccino machine. They've got an espresso machine. They've got, they've got a lot of cool stuff. It was nice. We definitely OD'd on espresso. Wow. Well, of course, I'm sure you did. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So we have some listener voicemails. We just did an FAQ in a recent episode. Um, but we, we held the voicemails back because we wanted to do them in this special episode. Yes. So our first question is from Peyton. Hey, Amber, big fan here. Um, I just recently discovered your podcast because I've been watching your YouTube videos. So I was so excited. So I had a question about mortal sin. The catechism isn't really vague on mortal sin. Like they talk about it a lot, but sometimes it can be hard to interpret. So the second requirement, which is full knowledge, do they mean that you have to have full knowledge of the gravity of the sin? Like, for example, if you were to miss mass on Sunday and you knew it was wrong, like you knew it was a sin, but you didn't know about the consequences, like the eternal punishment, the separation from God and all that happens when you commit that sin. Like same thing for adultery or blasphemy or any of those sins, like all of the mortal sins in general. So I was just confused about that. Um, thank you so much. Hey, Peyton, thank you so much for your question. So yeah, you need to have full knowledge of the gravity of the sin. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a mortal sin because you don't have that complete knowledge. Um, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, this is a very old catechism that I have, um, and I think it explains uh, mortal sin a little bit easier than the newer ones, but I haven't been able to find this one anywhere, so I'm just going to read you what it says. Uh, so when it comes to the things uh, the three things necessary to make something a mortal sin, this is what it says. Second, the sinner must be mindful of the serious wrong. He must have full knowledge and reflection or attention and know what and know that what he does is grievous. So in other words, and this comes from 1 Timothy 1.13, the person must know the malice and evil of what he is doing. A man who steals a precious diamond ring in the belief that it is glass has not full knowledge. A man who throws a lighted match thoughtlessly aside may throw it into a gasoline tank and cause an explosion, but he has not full attention. For I formerly was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a bitter adversary, but I obtained the mercy of God because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. That last part was from 1 Timothy 1.13, not the part I read before it, because obviously they did not have... Um, gasoline tanks in the Bible. So I just wanted to specify that. But um, yeah, so you do need to have full knowledge for the sin to be grave. Peyton, thank you for the question. Uh, the next uh, listener voicemail we have is actually kind of a, just a nice comment for you. And this is from Natasha Drake. 
Hi, Amber. Um, my name's Natasha. It's, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, and I really wanted to thank you because I am 19 years old and I feel like it is so difficult to try and find other really young women of faith out there, especially the Catholic faith. Um, and I was so inspired by just your mission and everything that I actually just became a certified catechist and I'm so excited. I want to be able to share the faith with others around me um, and teach RCIA or confirmation courses. Personally, I went through RCIA, so I would love to teach RCIA to others. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for that. Um, and it's really shown me that there are others out there like me at my age, and I have found some. I've joined some Catholic groups here at my college. And um, yeah, thank you so much. God bless you. Natasha, thank you so much for your kind words. I totally know what you mean. I also have struggled to make friends my age, and I've only recently started actually making friends my age. So it's amazing that you're going to teach CCD or RCIA. I hope that goes really well for you. Um, I'm currently actually teaching CCD for fifth and sixth graders. It can be a lot at times, but I love the kids and they're amazing. I love making treats for them and testing out different games with them. It's honestly such a joy. Thank you for your support, Natasha. You're really in my prayers. Thank you. Thank you, Natasha. And our last listener voicemail for this year end uh, podcast is um, a nice comment and a question from Mimi Rossano. Hello, Amber Rose. It's Mimi from the UK, and I just wanted to say thank you so, so much for always uploading to your platforms. You've really helped me and my whole family this year to grow in the faith with lots of tips and especially your reading recommendations. So from all of us, I just wanted to say thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing because we're all very much enjoying it, your content. I also just have a question about society in general, and that is, why is taking the Lord's name in vain, like saying, oh my God, or oh Lord, or something like that, so normalised? And I don't know, I'm a bit scared to bring it up in front of people who say it, but I know I should. Um, but I was just wondering, cause it, it's not really the same for any other religion. We don't really say in our speech in insulting things about other religions so why is it so normalized in our culture i was just wondering if you had an answer to that hey mimi thank you so much for your support it means a lot to me i definitely know the struggle and i think it's so normalized because our culture is anti-god and anti-christian so it's just kind of another way to make fun of god and it's become one of those cultural things that's become a bad habit Honestly, saying OMG uh, is even become normal in some Christian household, households, which is completely baffling to me. Um, I couldn't exactly tell you why some people do it. I think some people do it out of habit. Um, they never really knew any better and they just learned it from their parents or from their peers and they, they don't actually know the gravity of what it means to say that. Um, other people actually do use it as a swear or a curse, um, which is really sad. And I think they just do it because they're missing a God-sized hole in their heart. And uh, we should pray for all those people that take his name in vain, and we should make reparations. Very good. Thank you, Mimi. So as we're winding down our year-end podcast... Our fancy one and our ball gowns and tuxedo. Yes. Right. And I did a lot of talking in this one. So next year we're renaming this the religious producer. <laughs> that You're going to be, be really my co-host. You could be like a knockoff <laughs> podcast. It's like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. just when I need one more podcast to produce. 
<laughs> yeah, but it'd be like so zero. many now. I thought, oh, I'm gonna have another one next year. Well, maybe I'll have like a sixth podcast I'll produce. We I could switch know. roles. I could be like, hey guys, welcome back to Todd's podcast. <laughs> You've been a guest on my Quest podcast. I, I I've been thinking there's so many things we disagree with in this in this one. I'm thinking you maybe you need to come guest on mine so we can actually kind of get really get in a good argument over Let's do me it. thinking that the the planet is too populated and you think it's not populated enough. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. crazy stuff. Well, so as we wrap this one up, what are you grateful for this year? I'm definitely grateful for family. I know that scene sounds really cliche, but um, they're they're my rock. They're my support. I'm really thankful for friends. Um, my priest, I'm very, very thankful for him. He's definitely one of my rocks. Um, I'm also just thankful for the ability to have a healthy body. Um, I've seen and mind. I mean, I know I struggle with seasonal depression, but I know a lot of people have it way worse. Um, and physically, a lot of people can't do the things that I do, uh, such as working out or even walking, you know. Um, and so I'm very thankful for God keeping me safe and all of those things. So yeah, I would say that is. How about you? Oh, exactly the opposite of everything you said. Oh, starting drama? <laughs> oh my gosh, we can't have drama here. <laughs> What are you hoping and praying for for next year? Um, next year, I'm hoping for a lot more of peace in my life, um, especially when it comes to school, because school tends to take a lot of peace out of my life. Um, I'm hoping to get my associates finally and then build off from my bachelor's from there, because I've been working towards my bachelor's for a while. And because I'm online and my classes are eight weeks, it's been just plugging away at it for a few years. And I'm excited to finally get a, a degree <laughs> of some kind, even if it's just my associates and then working up from there. Um, I'm also really hoping for some more um, spiritual enlightenment from the, uh, um, oh my gosh, why is the name slipping me? <sighs> what is it? Oh my gosh. Can't You're too tired. It. It's late. I know I'm a grandma. I'm usually in bed at this time. It's 9.37 p.m. Um, <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Well, oh, desolation. I'm hoping for a little bit more consolation for my desolation. But at the same time, I know everything comes from God. So if he wants me to go through it, then that's totally something that I will continue doing. Um, and besides that, just staying healthy and happy and traveling. All right. Well, good. Let's see how next year goes. Yeah, watch me we'll get recap swole. all this in exactly a year. I'm gonna get swole. I'm gonna get muscles like you won't believe. Oh my. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna look like the Hulk yeah, as I show off my chicken wings right now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could uh they could give yeah, you like one chicken. The religious thing. bodybuilder will be the new name of the yeah. Catch me outside. Don't though, because I'm it's too cold for that. <laughs> All right, Amber, let's wrap this one up. All right. Well, thank you everybody for supporting this podcast and for supporting me. Thank you to Todd for producing this podcast. And uh, I'm really excited for the podcast that'll be coming out in this upcoming year. So yeah, thank you so much. Perfect. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye.
questions or comments about today's episode, email me at thereligioushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash thereligioushippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content.